Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Amen. 2020 more. Who's excited for 2020 more? Who wants to make it there 2020 more this year? Anybody? Uh, I'm so thrilled. So this morning I want to talk uh, on, on the topic of next level. I, I always find that um, for me anyway, the way that I approach a new year is I, I kind of get to do a do-over. I get to do a do-over. I get to the end of that year. I close out that year. And it's almost like I do this. This I take stock. I take inventory. What worked? What didn't work? You know, any any kind of regrets, any missed opportunities, any any lessons learned, any things that I did that kind of fell flat or failed or didn't quite work out. Because, you know, the Bible does say that the way of life winds upward for the righteous, getting brighter and brighter until the perfect day. And so I also believe that we go from faith to faith. We don't go from faith to fear or we don't go from faith to, to you know, negativity or from, from faith to despair. We go from faith to faith, from glory to to glory, line upon line, precept upon precept. So you, you, you'll find this and you'll get persecuted for it. So let me just give you a warning now that, that your life will contrast to those around about you. They will get cynical and negative and, and your life is like, oh my gosh, I feel awkward. I, I don't even know where to enter into this conversation because my life just seems to get better and better and better and more awesome and more awesome and more wonderful and more wonderful. And I see God doing more. Every year it should get better. Every year. The closer we get to heaven, the more that you're going to feel like you're closer to heaven. It's just, it's just a real deal. If you do this thing right. Obviously, if you do it wrong, the, the wheels are going to come off. But we're trying to help you get it right. We're trying to help you to live right. So this morning, I just want to talk about next level and how to get there. Next level and how to get there and just kind of share, share a few thoughts on next level. The first, the first thing really that I want to say is that the, the Bible makes it very, very clear that our lives are the product of our choices, which I don't like because it kicks me in the every single time. So, but it's a good thing to, to write down. It's a good thing to acknowledge my life today is the harvest of the choices I've made thus far. And the most beautiful thing is you can choose differently. You can choose differently. The reason we're in this mess is because Adam chose stupid in Eden. They had a choice. God gave them a choice. God was teaching us right from the very, very beginning that if we choose him above everything else, if we choose to honor him above everything else, he put the tree in the middle of the garden of all the trees they could eat, but there was just one tree that belonged to God. God had to put the tree there. He had to put the tree there. I remember as a baby Christian, as a young Christian, and for years, people would ask the question and and. And I thought maybe there's no answer to that question. I thought that was something that I would, 
uh, only discover when I got to heaven as to why God would put the tree. And people would always say, if God knows the end from the beginning, if God knows everything, why would he put the tree in the garden to tempt them? But God had to put the tree in the garden because he gave Adam authority. He gave Adam authority, which means that God is the source of authority. And the way that you have authority is authority is tell me who you're under and I'll tell you what authority you have. The centurion said, I too am a man under authority. So I say to this one, go, and he goes. To this one, come, and he comes. I'm a man under authority. God put the tree in the garden. He gave them everything they needed for life. They didn't lack for anything, everything they had. And then he put a tree there for them. For them to recognize they could tend and keep but not eat from it, by choosing not to eat from it, they were honoring God, staying under his authority so they would have authority. And as soon as they ate from what belonged to God, as soon as they violated that, they lost authority. How do we know they lost authority? Because when God says, who told you you were naked? Did you eat from the tree that I told you not to eat from? The, the man immediately says, the woman you gave me. He immediately goes into victim. He immediately abdicates responsibility. Authority and responsibility are two sides of the same coin. Authority and responsibility. Anything you will not take responsibility for, you will have no authority over. Anything you don't take responsibility for, you will have no power, no authority over. Well, you don't understand. You was my parents. You don't understand my mother, my father. You don't understand this person did this, that this happened. You don't understand. You don't under, well, God, I probably don't understand. But what I do understand is that while you remain in a place where you will not take responsibility for it. Yeah, but it's not my mess to clean up. Neither was my sin. My sin, but Jesus came. Jesus came and died on a cross, not for his sins, for my sin. Because he took responsibility for something that wasn't his. When he rose again, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Because all responsibility between heaven and earth was taken by him. Now all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. You will have authority over what you take responsibility for. The devil, the devil has lied to this generation. He's tried to make them a victim generation. You, you, you're oppressed, you know, it's, it's white privilege, it's, you know, gender pronouns, it's you're, you're a victim, it's, you're a victim of your color, of your race, of your creed, of your ethnicity, of walls, of borders, there should be no borders, everything's racist, everything. It, it, the, the devil is working overtime because his agenda is to raise a slave class. The, the, devil's, the devil's agenda has always been the enslavement of humanity. God's agenda has always been the freedom, the liberation of humanity. We get persecuted because we set people free. We tell you, you can be the head and not the tail. Above only, not beneath. Money doesn't control you. You control money. You are not dominated by things. You, you dominate things. You rule over the earth. You, you, you walk as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Everything in the earth is there to serve you as you serve God. You are not mastered by those things, but rather you are the master over those things. But it all rises and falls on, on the, the choices. It's your choice whether you tithe or not. 
God gives you the choice to bring the first fruits of all your increase, to honor him with the first fruits of all your increase. But there's blessings when we do, and it, life just gets difficult when we don't. But we give people choice. And we teach people the power of choices. Make the first decision you want to make in 2024 is I'm going to start making better choices. I'm going to make better choices. I'm so glad, though, that 30, almost 32 years ago, Leanne kind of learned from she needs to make better choices. I snuck in. I snuck in while her judgment was a little bit low. I got in. It's an amazing thing because the, the tree in the garden, it really is the tithe. The tithe is something that God has put into your hand. It's something that he's put into your pos- possession, something that you can actually eat. But by choosing not to eat it, by choosing to honor God, the tree is the tithe. The tree is, can you, can you tend something? Can you labor on something? Can you work with something but recognize, hey, all the trees I can freely eat, but this, this one here belongs to God. This one here in the middle of the garden. Pastor Samuel Duth. Where is Samuel Duth? There he is, the Senator Sam. How many people love Pastor Samuel? How many people like me are a little bit intimidated by his ridiculous good looks? It's quite a few of us, Sam. It's, we're going to start a little start a little support group to, to kind of cope. <laughs> I love him. He's so funny. Um, oh, he's... But Pastor Samuel was was a uh, great revelation a few weeks ago. He talked about how the tree that they ate from was in the middle of the garden. And isn't it interesting that Jesus, to redeem us, hung on a tree in the middle between two thieves. So everything was lost from a tree in the middle and everything was regained from a tree in the middle. Come on, how many people thank you for, thank Samuel for the great revelations? The great revelations. Is that Mark sitting next to you? I can't see where the lights. It is. Hoyamora. We've got the South African sensations here. Lance Williams over here. Buy a donkey. If you don't like a donkey, get a horse. What? Man, I'm stupid this morning. All right. All right, let, let, let's, let's go into this. Come, come with me in your Bibles to, uh, let's go to uh, Revelation chapter 1, verse 10. Revelation 1, verse 10. We're talking about new levels. It says this. It says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. Has it come up on the screen? So I want you to watch this. I was in the spirit. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, first day of the week. And I heard, everyone say heard. And I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. The next verse, throw up Revelation chapter 4. So then he goes through and he tells you all the things that he heard and he hears Jesus and, you know, letters to seven churches and or to the angels of seven churches. And then it goes to, to Revelation 4 verse 1. It says, after these things, after the seven letters to the seven churches, after these things I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. So in Revelation 1, he's in the spirit and he hears. But I want you to notice now Revelation 4, he says, I looked. And behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet. So he still has the voice speaking with me saying, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. Everyone say promotion. 
So the angel is saying, come up here, come, come up. I want you to come up to a new level. If I wanted to give you a word this year, the Lord is saying to you, come up, come up to a new level for I must show you things. I want to show you things in your life, in your family, in your ministry, in your finances, in your health, in your relationships, in your friendships, in your walk with me. I want to show you things that you've never seen before, but things that must take place after this. That must take place after this. Immediately, have a look at this. Immediately, I was in the Spirit. Well, hang on, I thought you were already in the Spirit. When it says immediately I was in the Spirit, it wasn't that He left the Spirit. It's that He was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day, Revelation 1.10. But immediately I was in the Spirit at another level. That there are dimensions in the Spirit realm. The first, the first realm was the auditory, auditory realm. The, in the first realm, the first, the reason, the reason tongues are so powerful is because you get filled with the Spirit. When I get filled with the Spirit, some, the longer you can pray in tongues, the, the more, the more that, that you will tune out the noise of the world around about you. The world around about you has the noise of the Spirit of this age, has the Spirit of this world, the Spirit of this world wars against the spirit of God. The spirit of this world is the spirit of Satan. It's the spirit of the evil one. It's the spirit of Lucifer. It's, 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 a, it's a wicked spirit. It's an evil spirit. It's a deceptive spirit. But it's the most prevalent. It's the most dominant. That's why lies dominate our media. That's why lies dominate everything. That's why when you speak the truth, you are called a, a misinformationist. You are, you are labeled, you are blackboard, you are banned from social media. I'm back on Instagram, but that's a whole other thing. I don't know why. I don't know how smart that was, but in a moment of weakness, I, I said, all right, I'll do it. What was I thinking? But anyway, um, but the, the, spirit, the spirit of this world has, has, has noise. When I'm praying in tongues, when I'm in the Spirit of God, when I get filled with the Holy Ghost, it's amazing that the noise of the world begins to dilute and I begin to hear from heaven. As a church, as a church, our assignment is to hear from heaven and speak what we hear. To speak what we hear. If you ever meet somebody who is deaf, if you ever meet somebody who is deaf, unable to hear, you will notice that even though there is nothing wrong with their vocal cords, even though there is nothing wrong with, with their, their tongue, they, they struggle to speak. They, they, they struggle to be coherent. They, they can't pronounce the words. It's, it's not, not, nothing to do with the tongue. It's everything to do with the hearing. Because they can't hear, the speech is compromised. The devil doesn't want you to hear. He wants you so busy, so inundated, so overwhelmed, so, so disconnected from heaven, so connected to the things of this world that, 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 that what you speak in the spirit realm is, is dumb, it's illegible, it's non-understandable, it is because you're not hearing from heaven. So the first realm, the first realm this year, I, I was determined I wanted, to, I wanted to hear from heaven. 
every New Year's resolution, every New Year's Eve, I, I want to make a resolution. And this year I was determined. I said, God, I want to hear. And then he took me to this scripture. He says, well, I don't, I don't just want you to hear clearly. I want you to see because the next thing that happens immediately, I was in the spirit. I thought it already was. Yes, but at another level and behold, a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne and he who sat there was like a Jasper and a Sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne appearance like an emerald around the throne were 24 thrones and on the thrones, I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes and they had crowns of gold on their heads and it goes on so the first revelation is audible the next one is visual where he begins to see the the prophetic is seeing we think the prophetic is hearing but that that's the first realm of the prophetic the, the, the deeper and the greater prophetic comes in where you see and then you speak what you see. Son of man, what do you see? I see an almond branch you've seen very well. Son of man, what do you see? I see a potter with God. Son of man, you've seen really well. This year, make a decision. Make a decision that I'm going to spend more time praying in the Spirit. This, this year, this year I'm, going to, I'm going to dull down. I'm going to allow the Holy Ghost to dull down the noise of the world to elevate the, the, the words of heaven so that I don't just hear from heaven but I begin to see heaven. Somebody say amen. 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 All right. Let me give you a few quick thoughts. Another brilliant one. If you want to go next level, obedience. There is no substitute to obedience. There is no substitute to obedience. If I, if I look at, at our life, if I look at my life and Leanne's life, I got to be really honest with you. We are not that good. She is. I'm not. We are not that clever, not that bright. She is, I guess. Well, let me just... Go me. I'm not that clever. I'm not that bright. I'm not that brilliant to have what we have, to see what we see, to experience what we see. All I know is that when I was in Bible college, when I was comparing myself to the other students and they come from two generations, three generations, some of them four generations of PKs, of pastors, kids, their dads knew each other. They were in ministry circles. They had speaking opportunities. Nobody knew me. I was the son of an atheist with this very, very weird name that you couldn't pronounce, let alone spell. And I'm thinking they're getting, you know, the weekend gigs to go and preach and earn money. I'm working at Pizza Hut delivering pizzas. Did I make a big boo-boo? Did I make a big mistake leaving mechanical engineering? And the Holy Spirit says, you can't change your ancestry. You can't change but you can out-obey them. You can out-obey them. And I thought, my God. I could. So I just made a decision. Whatever God asked me to do, the answer is going to be yes. Answer is going to be yes. And I literally, in prayer, said, God, I'm going to sign the check. down. I'm going to put my signature on the check. You fill in the amount. Thinking God would be kind. Thinking God would, you know, go slow or go easy. He goes, right, you're going to Manukau City, New Zealand. And they won't be paying you to be a youth pastor. You'll have to figure that out for yourself. And you're going to have to tell your, your potential father-in-law that you want to marry his daughter at 17, take her out of the country that she grew up in, away from her family, into full-time ministry with no salary, into the second most violent city in the Southern Hemisphere outside of Johannesburg. And I'm like, wow, I didn't think you'd cash the check so quickly. And he says, oh, that's just the first one. Your signature's gone through a whole bunch of, and uh, he's like, you still want to be obedient? I'm like, gosh, darn it. Um, but Leanne and I have just said yes. We've just said yes. We've just said yes. On the other side of your yes to God, on the other side of your yes to God, 
I had the privilege and we wanted to honor Pastor Colin and Melissa Higginbottom this weekend. The, the truth is at the Pathfinders Conference this year, and can we just honor, is that Pastor Marco over there? Pastor Marco, can you stand up? Can we just honor Pastor Marco and his beautiful bride, Natalie Contreras, who took over the, the Pathfinders Conference and it was unbelievable. This man is, is so selfless that he takes over the conference. Uh, there's a session that he's going to do. There's a session that his bride's going to do. Dr. Matt says, you've got to hear this guy, John Rulin. Uh, I think Pastor Alex might have heard, heard him as well. And so the only place we could make room for him in the, the, the schedule was Pastor Marco says, well, I'll give up my, as the leader, I'll go first, I'll give up my session. And so instead of him putting a stamp and, and letting people know this is Pastor Marco, he's a new guy carrying the mantle from, he gives that session away. And uh, that's the kind of leader we have, such a, such a beautiful, humble. And then I've got to be honest, your wife hit the ball out of the park. What a word, my God, hit the ball out of the park. So I'm listening, I'm listening to Pastor Natalie and I'm like, my God, this word is incredible. The perfect storm. I mean, it was just incredible. And then Colin Higginbottom gets up. I know Colin. He's been in our church for 12 years. I know him. I've sat with him. I've been in his home. We've traveled together. I know Colin Higginbottom. He gets up and delivers a word. I'm on the front row going, who is this? Who is this? That even the wind and the sea obey. I mean, that's what it was like. And then the Holy Spirit showed me, the Holy Spirit showed me that because he said yes, to leaving, leaving San Diego, leaving a, a stunning home. He's already busy. He runs a flooring company that's in several states. He's, he's, he's got success. He could have comfort, but he said yes to stepping into the unknown, taking on an assignment in Idaho. No guarantee, no salary, no promise, nothing. Just, just would you go? Would you pray? And they, against everything in the natural, they said, we're going to go, this is God. We want to do this. And I'm watching on the platform a level of the prophetic that I've never seen before. I'm, I'm, I'm watching an authority that I've never seen before. I had the privilege of being with them this weekend. And I'm watching this man lead. I'm watching his bride lead. And there's another level of prophetic. And I'm like, God, what is that? And God says, he's at a next level because he unlocked it through his obedience. It's unbelievable. Can I just tell you this? The, the thing that you feel and the devil's telling you that, oh, this is beneath you. This is not fair. Where's the compensation? You, nobody's, nobody's recognizing your extra money. It's, it's the obedience where nobody's watching. It's the obedience where there's no reward. Because Jesus says, if men reward you, there you have your reward. But when you do, when there's no reward from men, your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. There's, there's a treasure. Remember even Jesus in Luke 16 says, if you can't be faithful with unrighteous mammon, who will entrust to you the true riches of the kingdom? And I, and I look at this cup and I see the true riches of the kingdom. It's the same with, with Matt, Pastor Matt and Pastor Loren Targo. The, 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 the revelation, the authority, the ministry, the mantle, the wisdom, that's, is because they said yes. It's because they said, yes, on the other side of your yes, on the other side of your obedience, you unlock things. You know, I, I had the privilege of traveling to, to Boise with two generals, General Jesse Sullivan, General Marco Contreras. 
And, and it was so beautiful because General Jesse Sullivan, I, I remember having breakfast with him at Denny's. Do you remember that? Denny's down near Fashion Valley on Friars Road. Because it was the, I just love Denny's. I'm thinking, who doesn't love Denny's? Then I realized Denny's a little bit ghetto, but I didn't realize that. And I remember all, the only Bible I had was a little slimline Bible. And I walk in and Jesse comes in with this big, thick study Bible. I'm already intimidated by his guns. And he's flexing. That's how I knew it was Jesse. No, he was and he's, he's got his big Bible. I've got my little slip. And I'm thinking, he's not even going to respect me. Look at my tiny little Bible compared to his. Had Bible envy. I'm like, why has he got such a big Bible? What's he compensate? No, I didn't think that. I didn't think that at all. That was very naughty. I don't know where that came from. But it was all new. First Sunday, I just said, hey, hey, um, Jeff, because I thought he, his name was Jeff. I wrote it down as Jeff instead of Jesse. I'm like, Jeff, and he's not turning around. Jeff, he wasn't turning around. Jeff, I thought, you know, it's probably from the shrapnel going off, you know, on deployments, lost some hearing. And I uh, said, so we need someone to, to welcome people at the door. Could you welcome people? And he's like, sure. So him and Kat welcome people. And then Leanne's like, you know, did you pick up the, the newsletters from Kinko's? I'm like, yeah, I went to Kinko's, picked them up. She goes, did you fold them? Jeff, Jeff, do you think you and your wife could fold them and, and hand them to people as they come in? And he just said yes. He just said yes. I remember him leaving his job and becoming an intern. He just said yes. And I'm like, how, 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 how are they going to do that? How are they going to live? He's like, I don't know how we're going to do it. I'm just, I, he just determined to say yes. Now the mantle that he carries, the faith that he carries, he got stuck in an elevator, tiny little elevator in Mexico. And the power went out and it wasn't opening. And they were staying his... You know, he saw Mission Impossible, you've got to climb through the roof. Or he just said, in the name of Jesus, open. And boot, the doors open. And the woman who was with him was like freaking out, going, wow, I've never seen that. That's the kind. The next level, when you're obedient, when you make a decision this year, I'm going to be more obedient. Okay, number two, I'm going to move way too quick. Okay, number two is challenge. Challenge, embrace challenges. I, you know, we love comfort which is a C word, but we hate challenge. But Coach Andre will tell you that all growth happens not in comfort, but in challenge. It's the challenge. Set yourself some challenges. Set yourself some goals around your diet, around your fitness, around your Bible reading, around your revelation, finances. Set yourself some challenges. I love the story of Solomon because Solomon just takes over the kingdom from his, his father, and he's just young. He's in his 20s. And an angel comes to him in a dream and says, Solomon, ask whatever you like, whatever you want. And Solomon is like, oh, God, that you would give me wisdom. God, that you would give me wisdom, that I would know how to govern these people, that I would know how to lead this kingdom, that I, I feel the, the weight of the mantle from my father David, who was a man after your own heart, what he's done, and I want to I wanna bring honor and glory to you, but I'm just a young man, unexperienced. I don't, I don't know what to do. And then the Bible says, and the angel said to him, well, because you didn't ask for the life of your enemies, because you didn't ask for riches and wealth and fame, all of those things I'm going to give you because you asked for wisdom. And the Bible says, and Solomon woke up from his dream. So it was just a dream. 
So I would be telling people, oh man, I had the craziest dream, but it was just a dream. The very next day, the dreamer, the very, very next day, they bring a problem to him. They bring a problem. They say, Solomon, we don't, we don't know what to do. There are two women. They're, they're prostitutes. Both of them got pregnant and both of them had little babies. But one of them in the middle of the night rolled over onto her baby and suffocated her baby and it died. She says that the, her baby is the live one. But the other one says, no, she came and took my live baby and switched out the dead baby and is trying to pass off the dead baby as mine. But, and, and he says, they're arguing. They're arguing. We don't know what to do. And we've tried everything. We can't, and, they're, and they're fighting as they come in. And so Solomon's sitting on the throne, and a thought comes into his head. He says, bring me a sword. And the guard says, I beg your pardon? He says, bring me a sword. So the guard takes out his sword and comes up. He says to the guard, he says, okay, cut the baby in half and give half to that woman and half to that woman. Immediately, one of the women says, no, 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 please, please. Don't harm the baby. Don't harm. Let her have him. Let her have him. And the other one goes, no, cut the baby in half. And Solomon says, uh-huh. He says, that woman is not the mother because hurting people hurt people. She's broken. She's bitter. So she wants that broken and bitterness spread to everybody else. That, that woman who said, leave, that's the real mother. And people are like, wow, the wisdom. That wisdom came in a dream, but it was pulled out through a challenge. Everything in God comes to you in the spirit, but challenges draw it out. I would not have the wisdom that I have have I not walked through the challenges that I've had to. Don't step away from difficult conversations this year. Don't step away from difficult moments. Don't step away from the awkward. If you will take the courage to step into difficult, step into awkward. Step into to those challenging moments. The gold that is in there is unsurpassed in this world. What God will unlock in you. Fear will cause you to retreat. Intimidation will cause you to retreat. Don't let fear and intimidation. You step into those moments. Step into those things and unlock greatness over your life. David, everyone else didn't want to fight Goliath. Ten foot tall, undefeated. But Goliath was literally, literally that problem, that challenge became David's stepping stone to the kingdom. Because of David's victory over Goliath, his fame went everywhere. And it was inevitable that this young man with the anointing of God would be crowned the king of Israel. What everyone saw as a problem that they ran from, David saw as a challenge that he ran to. Don't run away from challenges this year. Don't run away from challenges this year. Number three is what I call demand faith. Oh, I've got to land this. Demand faith. What's demand faith? Well, there's a story in 2 Kings chapter 4 of a widow. And the widow comes to Elisha and she says to Elisha, my husband was one of the prophets and he was a servant. He loved you. He followed your ministry on Instagram. He loved you. He loved you. But he died and he left us in crippling debt. He was, he was good with the prophetic and good with ministry. He just didn't have the prophetic insight to see that he was dying and going to leave us with this crippling debt. And now the creditors are coming to take my two sons away and make them slaves. And Elisha says to her, what do you have in the house? And she says, I've got nothing except a little bit of oil. 
He says, go and do this. Go and borrow as many vessels from your neighbors. Don't borrow a few. Borrow as many as you can. And thus says the Lord that the, the oil is going to flow supernaturally. So the Bible says that her and her sons went and knocked on every door, got as many vessels, and she began to pour the oil. And as she poured the oil, every time it would fill the vessel, fill the vessel, fill the vessel, fill the vessel, fill the vessel. And then it says this. Uh, it says in verse 6, I think it is, it says, Then she says, Bring me another vessel. And her son said to her, There is not another vessel. Now I want you to have a look at this. So the oil ceased. It doesn't say that the oil ran out. The oil didn't run out. The oil just ceased. Why did it cease? Because there was no demand. Sometimes if you, if you ever go on to an old farm where they've got you know, underground wells and pipes, you have to prime the pump. You've got to pump, and it's just air. It's just air coming out. You've got to prime it. But then as a primer, it creates a demand on the, on the, 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 the pipe, on the hose. It, it creates a demand, and then the water comes out. Then the water comes out, but you've got to create that demand. There are so many things in the spirit that are awaiting a demand. They're, 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 they're waiting an empty vessel. Uh, I was so inspired by one, one of the things that I, I really, really like. I really, really, really like. I really love is the prosperity of our pastors. I love it. To go to Pastor John's birthday party at his house with the, uh, the hammer time shed. It was just beautiful. To see the way that Pastor Becky has decorated their beautiful home. To see their, their kids living their best lives with all their friends on an acre with a swimming pool. And it, it just brings so much joy to me. And they had a beautiful home before that. But to see that one. To, to see the, the miracle of the Hubbard house. The, the Hubbard home. What, what, what God has done just because of their obedience and because of their ask. To, to, to see the Hunleys, and they're already talking. You know, I'm trying to do a little bit of priding, but they're already talking about the next home and larger and land. Yeah, I love that. To, you know, obviously, you know, Samuel rubs it in that he lives in Harmony Grove because he's so much better than the rest of us. And, you know, there is, there is a thing called humility, Pastor Samuel. And, but I, I just love, I love, you know, Pastor Alex, who got an inheritance, squandered it, has come into the kingdom and, and God has restored that and some. So they just bought their second property. And to see the prosperity, to see the prosperity of our people, I love it. To, to go out to Lance and Alicia's place and they've got avocados and oranges and animals and chickens and fresh eggs and the kids are running around and it's just like the prosperity of our people. I, I love it. I love, and I felt so inspired that, that I thought, oh, well, you know, I, I'm grateful for what I have. I'm grateful for what I have. And then I go around and, you know, visit um, Morgan, and I love playing with little Jacks. I'm like, Jacks, this isn't your house. This is a hotel. It's like, no, no, it's not. It's not a hotel. This is our house. I'm like, no, no, Jacks, this, this is too big to be a house. Is this a Disney resort? You've got a, it's like, no, it's not a Disney resort. This is our house. I'm like, you've got a, your sister's got a giraffe in her room. This is, it's like, no, no. And they've got slides coming out of their beds. And so I'm like, you know, do, do you think I could stay in your hotel? He goes, it's not a hotel, but, but if you want to stay. And then Ella goes, yeah, you can stay for 45 cents.
Always the capitalist. And little Jack's goes, no, Pastor Jürgen, you can stay for free. You can stay in my room. So sweet. But I felt so inspired. I thought, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm going to just do another faith project. So the, the last time we were in Park City, I drove around the corner. I saw this new development and saw all these cul-de-sacs. And I saw this little lot. And I called Vince and said, hey. And I didn't, I didn't have a dollar. I didn't even tell Leanne where I was going. <laughs> just in case she said I couldn't go. I'm the head of our house, just so you know. But she's the neck that turns the head. But I, I bought land and, and I just stood on it. I bought the land. It was 673 grand. I bought the land. I didn't have a dot. Bought the land. And I just started calling in. I started calling in all the money. I just said, God, I, I declare. So now I completely own that land. And now we're building a home on there and, and I'm calling in all the money. I'm, call, I'm just calling it in. Sometimes things aren't flowing because there's no demand. Sometimes things aren't flowing because there's no demand. This year, say, I'm going to go to a new level. Put a demand on God. Put a demand on faith. Put a demand on the kingdom. The last two and I've run out of time. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Number four is faithfulness, faithfulness. And number five was prayer and fasting. There are some things that are only unlocked through prayer and fasting. We're, we're in the middle of our fast. I know that we go from here till Sunday for, for prayer and fasting. Faithfulness and prayer and fasting. Faithfulness and prayer and fasting. Faithfulness is number four. Prayer and fasting, number five. Come on, I feel, feel the anointing. Who can feel something? Say these words. Say, Heavenly Father, this year. I want to go to new levels, not just next level. I want to go to new levels. Holy Spirit, take me. Now, come on, let's just spend 30 seconds speaking in tongues. Father, I declare, I declare this year, this year, this year breakthrough, this year breakthrough. Make a decision today. I hear the word of the Lord. This year, the, the Lord would say, believe for more. One of the anointings that Pastor Leanne and I carry is many, many years ago, an apostolic leader in New Zealand gave me a prophetic word and he said, Jürgen, God will give you whatever you believe him for. God will give you whatever you believe him for. And if I was honest with you, for the last 30 years, God has given me whatever I've believed him for. The emphasis was what, on whatever you believe him for. But you need to understand when you came into Awaken, you came under that mantle that, that Leanne and I carry, that God will literally give us whatever we believe him for. Whether it's campuses, whether it's buildings, whether it's people, whether it's leaders, God will give you. What, so so what, what, are you, what are you believing for this year? Cipriano's a brand new house, their, their own home this year. The business going from over 150 cars to 300 cars. Well, what do you believe in God for? Home, believing God for family to get saved, believing God for breakthrough, believing God for supernatural debt cancellation. Come on, what are you believing God for? What are you believing God for? Father, I thank you right now that 
that in this house, people are going to whole new levels. That's what I hear. God says, I gave you a word and you thought it was just level. It's levels. It's levels. It's levels. Levels of your preaching, levels of your ministry, levels of healing. That's what I hear right now. There are people saying, God, I want to see more miracles. I want to see more healings. I want to see greater miracles, greater miracles. God is releasing that. God will give you whatever you believe in for. What are you believing for? What are you believing for? God, I want restoration in my marriage. God, I want freedom in this area. God, I want closure in this area. I want restoration in this area. What are you believing him for? What are you believing him for? Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.